Are you an entrepreneur, small business owner, or CEO that's struggling with letting go of the reins of control? Or are you struggling with creating positive cash flow? If so, this episode is for you. I have my good friend, Jennifer Banks, coming on. She is an executive business coach, and she's going to share the five steps to turn those processes around so that you can sleep at night. Hey there, you're listening to the Living a Limitless Life podcast. I'm Sharon Hughes, and on this show, we talk about mastering your mindset, growing your faith, and becoming the leader you want to be with tips, strategies, and interviews to help you create a life you love. I'm really glad you're here. So come on, let's go. On the show today is Jennifer Banks. She's an executive coach, the creator of the Profit with Purpose Method, and she helps equip mission-driven entrepreneurs to generate wealth. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thank you, Sharon. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, I'm so thrilled to have you and to hear about your Profit with Purpose course. Tell me about that. Yeah, so this is uh, my signature coaching program called the Profit with Purpose Method. And it is, I specifically created this for business owners who are transitioning out of the startup phase into the established business phase. And what I've noticed from talking to lots of people and talking to colleagues and previous clients and things like that is that people put so much effort and energy into getting their business off the ground. They do a fantastic job of getting it up and running. And then it's like, ah, now what? And Mm -hmm. that's when a lot of growing pains start happening and a lot of challenges come up. And so my coaching program is based on three pillars, profit, process, and people. Mm. And it is all about helping young businesses or even ones that are more established, but really put um, the right structures in place to thrive profitably um, for many years to come and to really set their business up to be flexible, to be really dynamic, really proactive, um, and not to live in a place of reaction. Mm, That's really valuable. I see that with a lot of companies, even big companies, Mm. that they're very reactionary. Yes. So let's talk about that for a second. Sure. How can we be how can we shift our minds so that we're not operating from a place of being reactionary? Yeah, so I think the because this phase is when you're really shifting from doing most of the work to really leading your business and to really stepping into that C, that CEO role. And I think mm-hmm. that's really the first mindset shift that has to happen is to realize that, you know, if I want my business to grow, I can't do this all on my own. And it's time to really start setting up the team, setting up the systems, bringing in people so that mm-hmm. I can have more of the pilot role or more, I can really be that captain, the captain of my ship. Um, and where I am mainly responsible for kind of designing the flow of my business and then course correcting along the way. Mm-hmm. And that is what will really allow you to be a lot more flexible and proactive is if you are right there at the helm with that big picture view in mind. And that's what you spend a lot of your time focusing on. Yes, that is so important. I couldn't agree with you more how much that needs to be in place. 
Walk us through the steps of what that looks like. I think you have five strategic steps. I do. And these come from um, five, uh, kind of five challenges or five obstacles that I uh, realized they were very common across the board when looking at businesses who are going through this transition. So the first one is really being able to transform your sales into consistent profitability and positive cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, because you do not want to be in a position of financial struggle. And one of the things that can become really distracting and really you know, all-consuming is when you're constantly thinking, how am I going to pay my bills this month? How am I going to pay my employees? And what money am I going to have left over for myself? And you can just get caught in this kind of financial trap. Um, and there's an old saying that I love that says, sales are vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is reality. Mm. And focusing on the cash um, is really, really important. Um, mm. So yeah, that that's the first step. And the main tip that I like to give people, um, there's 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 two tips actually. And the first one is when you are looking at your finances and you are looking at your profitability, make sure that you are accounting for your salary mm-hmm. in there. Because a lot of people have their businesses set up as LLCs, which is like a pass-through system, um, which you can kind of ignore your own salary and just, you know, your payment is essentially the profits of your business. Mm -hmm. But to really know if you have a profitable business is to actually put in a market-based salary for yourself Mm -hmm. when you're working out your numbers. And then you want to have at least a 10% net profit margin Mm. once that's been accounted for. So that would be my first tip is really get intimate with your numbers. Um, Right. And then the second one is get really good at short-term forecasting. Um, And I'm a big believer in the 80-20 rule that you want to spend 20% of your time looking at what's happened in the past and 80% of the time focusing on the future um, and and the results that you want, you know, over the next few weeks, next few months, whatever your, whatever timeline makes the most sense for you. And what happens is a lot of people will put together like an annual plan or budget, which is great. It's a really good starting point, really good to have kind of that destination in mind. But then as the year goes on, you get further and further off track mm-hmm. and you can actually implement some weekly cash flow forecasting where you're looking at like, are there changes in weather that's going to affect my business? And that can Mm -hmm. happen with businesses that are seasonal. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like, are there any special events that are coming up? And then how do I kind of adjust my results to, um, to get to that destination that I want to be at? And that's part of the course correcting that I was talking about. Wow. Okay. So they need to get on a call with you because this is, this is not something that they're going to figure all out just this episode. This is a lot. And don't you think that people are afraid of being real with their numbers? Like it's scary. Yes. Yes, absolutely. They're afraid to know that they're not making a profit. Yes. To see it right Um, there in red. (laughs) Yes. But you can't do anything about it unless you know what you're dealing with. And there's, a, there's, a, there's another phrase I love that says, what gets measured gets mastered. Mm. And when you really get intimate with your numbers, when you can really look at the most important metrics in your business, um, that is going to catapult you to improving your performance and your profitability. 
And, but this, but this is one of the challenges of making that shift from the startup phase to the more established company is now Mm -hmm. you have to start doing things that are going to challenge you, that are going to put you out of your comfort zone a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is, I mean, it is like the number one responsibility of the leader, you know, of, of, of you as the leader is being intimate with your numbers because that's Mm -hmm. what sets the foundation for everything else. I like that. Intimate with your numbers. Whew. Okay. What's, what's step two in this okay. process? <laughs> so step number two is really looking at the, looking at how your business model works. And what I mean by that is looking at how you deliver your promise to your customer. So whether that's, you know, your part of your service or your product, and are you doing it in a, in a way that is delivering excuse me, um, exceptional value for your customer, but at a, at a cost that makes sense for your business to make a profit. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's really great to just look at how do all of the activities of your business link together and then really to hone in on what is that, what are those top one one to two activities that the success of my business really hinges on? So what is it that I do or I provide that really sets me apart? And then how is my business set up to really um, serve and support those activities? So they really need to know what their, their unique value is in delivering that. Yes. What sets them apart? Yes, definitely. Okay. So what would you say to somebody that is winging it and they're like, well, I don't know what sets me apart. Like, how do they get, how do they dig deep? How do you make somebody dig deep to figure out what sets them apart? Yeah. So it is, it is really looking at, you know, what is your, and I don't, I don't want to look at people are doing, but then also not. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's, it's a good idea to kind of know about the competition, but then at the same time, I am also a big believer of ignore everybody else Mm -hmm. and you do your creative thing and you follow your gut. And I think, I think first of all, it's really knowing your customers. It is really knowing inside out, you know, what, what are their pain points? What are their needs? What are their dreams? What are their wants? And it's really knowing your customers inside out, being able to get inside their heads Mm -hmm. and then you delivering a solution that is actually even better than what they might desire. Mm -hmm. And just looking at what are the different aspects of that solution that really stand out. Right. So they need to be a little Columbo, do some detective work, like go see what the competition is doing and find the gaps where they're not meeting the need and then come back to the table and say, I can feel that like, or I'm already feeling that. So that would be their unique value proposition right there. Yes. And it, and, I love it, that. And, and it can be really helpful to kind of do, do like a little chart and maybe mm-hmm. take three or four companies that do similar things that you do. Mm-hmm. Look at, you know, what is, what is their promise? What is their vo- brand voice like? What is mm-hmm. their, um, you know, like, what is, what is their kind of brand personality like and what really sets them apart? And then you make sure when you are doing your bit that you have things in there that are going to make you stand out and make you different from those, from those other people who also play, um, in your industry. And that, and that's actually a really fun, um, exercise to do, especially when you, when you don't go into it, um, with your competitive hat on, because that comes mm-hmm. from a place of lack and scarcity and fear. Right. And, 
I think it's really, especially as far as mindset is concerned, and you know, a lot of what you what you love sharing is about putting that creative hat on when you do this. Mm-hmm. I love that because I think if we can take the emotion out of it and the fear and be really objective and go, okay, this is what brand A is doing and brand B is doing and I'm brand C and I can do it better. Yeah. I can and do yet- it better. I can fill the gap. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I definitely. That. I really love that. And okay. being really clear on who it is that you serve, because you yes. also might, might, might serve a certain segment, you know, of mm-hmm. the, um, of those customers. And that's something else that will really set, set, set you apart. Like maybe, maybe there's a certain subset of people that these brands aren't reaching mm-hmm. that you can then go in and you can fill that gap. You know, I have to say on a, on a side note to that, that is so important to know who your customer is. You may know that I had been holding entrepreneurial events, Launch Your Creativity, for yes. the last eight years. And the first seven years of that, it was women that were my demographic. They were, you know, a, a little little older, transitioning into empty nest. You know, kids are much more independent, leaving, going off to college, marrying, and going, okay, now it's my time. I'm going to start mm. over. Yes. But I pivoted in my coaching and even with my events to start speaking about matters of the heart. And I was very surprised to see that my demographic was not that woman, mm. even though so many women my age struggle with their identity and their purpose because their role as a mom has changed or maybe they're even going into retirement because we're in the 50s category. My demographic is women that are my daughter's age, late 20s into late 30s that are looking for a mentor to make sense of what's going on in their life. Wow. And that surprised the heck out of me. And um, I had a conversation the other night. I was, of all things, I was at Ulta at the makeup bar (laughs) getting color matched. And I was telling the gal that was color matching me what I do. And I said, and I told her just what I said to you. And I said, you know, I was so surprised about this because my thought was, where was your mom in all of this? And she said something that was just so deep, hit me so deep. She said, we hid those things from our moms. We needed our aunt to come in and be that sounding board and that mentor to us. And I walked out of there just so shook because that day I had been preparing for a talk where I had put a slide in saying, I'm here to be your aunt and tell you all the things. And I was like, if that wasn't, you know, God telling me you are on the right path, I don't know what is. Wow. I've yeah. just gotten chills. I've literally just gotten chills. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I know so many amazing. people listening to the show, um, they are business owners and they are struggling. And so you just nailing down just these two things we've hit on is so valuable. So what is number three? I can't wait. Okay. Yeah. So number three is getting uh, out of what I call the vicious cycle and the challenge that relates to this is designing your business to revolve around you. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is the number one thing that now it's, it's, this just happens in the, in the beginning because you are doing it all and it Mm -hmm. is your baby. And I am not saying that, you know, at the, at the beginning that there's anything 
wrong with that at all um, because you don't have a choice really. Um, But it's just as you start to grow, it is just letting letting loose of the reins a little bit and Mm -hmm. it's being able to really become an essentialist and think about what what is really the most important and where do I really need to focus my time and what is that long-term vision and then how how do I bring that back and what do I need to do today that is going to make the biggest difference in getting me there. And, um, it's, that's just about as well, just delegating as quickly as you can and getting those things off your plate that you don't have to do. And, mm-hmm. and even areas of your business where you think, you know, like I, I know I need to be really good at this. Um, but this, this is not my area of expertise. Like if you're wanting to grow and maybe just, just as a quick example, you're, you're looking at advertising, and if that's not your area of expertise, then get someone in who knows a lot more about that than you, who can, who you can outsource things to. So it's just really making that shift um, in your thinking and letting other people start taking responsibility and start supporting you in that long-term vision. Okay. Why do you think most people don't do that? <laughs> um, I think it's... It, I think that goes back to what I was saying about how when it's your baby... Mm-hmm. It's hard to let go and it's hard mm-hmm. to let other people step in. And, and I, and I think as well, especially if you're someone who started a business and maybe you haven't managed a team before in your professional life, or maybe you come from a totally different field versus a business background. I think some of these skills of really coaching and delegating, um, you know, it, they, they, these are skills that need to be developed mm-hmm. and it's really a time um, for you to sit back and think, if I want to get whatever my next level is, what skills do I need to develop now to get there and to really get that education and really work on yourself? There's a lot of entrepreneurs that they're control freaks. Mm, yes, That's just bottom that line. Well, yes. <laughs> and they have this mindset that it's so much easier for them to do it themselves than to train someone and hand it off so that they could actually be freed up to work in their area of ze- of their zone genius. of genius. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Get in their zone of genius. Um, yeah. and, and most likely that will also relate to what I talked about before about those top two activities that the business, you know, mm-hmm. that business success depends on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually segues right into my challenge number four, which okay. is uh, issues with delegating and really bringing your team 100% mm-hmm. on board, which is exactly what what you just referenced, because what a lot of people will do, and this is what I call the vicious cycle, is you hand off a task, you give someone something to do because you mm-hmm. know you should, but then they're not, they don't know what the result is. They haven't been properly equipped to do the work or trained mm-hmm. or given the right resources or right. have boundaries around decision-making set. Mm-hmm. So they come back to you constantly interrupting you looking for answers to questions, solutions to problems, advice, you name it, you end up getting interrupted and frustrated. And then you're like, right, throw my hands up in the air. This mm-hmm. is this is too hard. I'm just going to take mm-hmm. back the work. And I'm just going to do it myself because I'll get it done faster. Right. And that's that's what happens. And it's really understanding that delegating is about giving someone responsibility for an outcome and then empowering them to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like you said, with the control piece, it's learning that people are going to grow and learn by messing up. <laughs> and right. to some extent, you have to um, 
try not to let perfectionism get the best of you. Because when those people get really, really good at their jobs and they're actually coming to you with ideas, they're coming to you with solutions and they are out mm -hmm. there building your business for you, mm -hmm. all of this short-term pain is going to be so worth the long-term gain of making that decision to learn how to delegate properly. Right. Yeah. So they need to make the investment upfront in training the right person and equipping them yes. and giving them autonomy to make decisions. Yeah. Yes. And they will be so much more motivated and they will enjoy their job so much more. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I know in the past when I have worked in the corporate world, if I felt like I wasn't empowered, um, it kills your creativity and it, and it does kill some of your motivation to yes. be passionate about what you're working on. Yeah. Okay, yes. this is good stuff, Jen. Bring <laughs> okay. us number five. <laughs> okay, so number five is isolation. Ooh, and yes, I think a lot of business owners feel this way because you are at the top of the chain. And like you just said, when it's totally different from having a corporate job where you have a team, you've got people around you you have bosses and mentors within your company mm -hmm. and you know it's it's a totally different position and mindset when you are the one who is the leader and it can be a really lonely place um, and I think in that place if you don't have a good sounding board you do question you can have those moments of doubt and question am I making the right decisions am I doing the right thing here um, you, know, you kind of feel like everybody's watching you and you're kind of on show and everybody's looking up to you um, you're wondering are, are people being honest with me are, are, is my team telling me the truth about things that are actually mm. going on I've heard that as well um, and I just think it's so important to really get into community with other business owners and find ways to do that. Um, whether it's through a Facebook group or a local meetup group, or you mm -hmm. find um, some mastermind partners, other, other business owners who you can meet up with once a week and you can go through what you're working on, what your challenges are. You can bounce ideas off each other. You can brainstorm. Um, and then finding, you know, find, trying to find a really good coach or mentor. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a coach. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because I've had coaches and I have right. one now. And it is so valuable to have someone there who is helping you with accountability, who's helping you to really be your best self and to make the best decisions for mm -hmm. you and your business. Because sometimes when you're so stuck in it, it, it's really hard to kind of pull yourself out and see the big picture. And that objective kind of light on your business can just do wonders. And you can become a lot more aware of your blind spots and things that you might be missing. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's just, it's just really, really helpful. I love that. Yeah. Isolation is the death of the entrepreneur. Mm. You need, you need that support. So you just started a, a brand new Facebook group to offer that support. I did. Yes. That. Yes. So it is called the Profit with Purpose uh, or Profit with Purpose by Jennifer Banks. And that is the Facebook group I've just started. And I will be coming in there to, yeah, to, to give that support to people, to provide you with free resources and trainings and to really... Um, create that community. And I would love, love, love um, for you to come and join me and I can get to know you and I would love to be able to add value to you and support you. So yeah, it'd be great to have you. That's awesome. I love it. Profit 
with purpose by Jennifer Banks by Jennifer Banks. That is so amazing. So you and I have, have known each other just, just a really short time because we're both in a group called Integris women. And we were able to meet through that and collaborate a little bit. And we had spoken last week. And one of the things that you had talked about um, was, was doing, deciding, delegating and designing. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So um, I read about, uh, well, I kind of know, I've known about these phases, but I love how Mike Michalowicz actually describes them and breaks them down in his book, Clockwork. And he talks about how that first phase is the doing, where you're doing everything on your own. And then you move into the second phase of the deciding, which is what I talked about. That's kind of the vicious cycle phase Mm -hmm. where you're handing things off, but because you're not properly delegating, you're getting interrupted and it's actually taking up more of your time. Mm -hmm. And then you move into the delegating phase where you get really good at hiring the right people, coaching them, training them, having them really take responsibility for the success of the business. And as you get people coming in, taking a lot of that weight off your shoulders and doing a lot more of the doing, then you move into being the designer. And you are really spending the majority of your time designing the flow of your vision mm-hmm. um, or the flow of your business. So looking at, looking at your vision, looking at your goals mm-hmm. uh, and really playing that proactive course corrector role. Where you actually have time, by the way, to get intimate with the numbers and to get intimate with the metrics. Mm -hmm. Um, And you are really spending your time doing a lot of the high level work that's going to help your company really thrive for many years to come because you're going to be in that proactive driver's seat, not just Mm -hmm. reacting all the time. I love that. A, a little bit ago, you touched a tad bit on shifting the mindset. Mm. Let's circle back to that. And sure. really, what kind of mindset does an entrepreneur need to have to really be successful so that they're truly not being that reactionary person? Do you, is there steps to that to, to get to that place? Um, I don't... I think it's definitely something that evolves over time. Mm -hmm. And I think the key thing is taking time to get good at it. And Mm -hmm. so like when you are starting your day, instead of just plunging straight into work, I mean, I have something, if this helps, I have something that I do every morning and I call it my spiritual workout. Okay. And I do a few different things during that time. So Mm -hmm. I, I get out my journal. I write down things that I, that, that, that would distract me from really focusing in. Um, so anything that I know I need to do urgently that day or anything I might feel stressed or worried about, get all that on the page. And then I get really deep into gratitude Mm -hmm. and then that getting deep into gratitude, what it does is it really just raises your whole, um, your, your, your whole energy level, your whole vibration and frequency, And I find that when you can get into that place, then when you go into kind of prayer or meditation or whatever quiet time works for you, Mm -hmm. those divinely inspired ideas start to come in. Mm, And I I love that time because that is really, so when I'm talking about being in that design position, when those ideas come in and I know that they are 
from a source that is greater than me, I know what I really need to focus on. Mm, And it helps me really prioritize. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I also do a bit of reading um, every day. So a bit of Mm self-education. And it is, it's just, it's just doing that. It's just really getting in that place of being in the right mindset before you start every day. So that when you go into that day, you're not going to be thrown off course by loads of distractions and irritations and frustrations. You're, you're, you're starting your day from a really good place. Oh, I really like that. Jen, do you set weekly intentions for your business? I do. Yes. And, and, and daily, daily ones, um, <laughs> daily. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll always set just, um, just like a little daily intention as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I find, mm-hmm. I find that, Yes, I find that really helpful. And it is, it is a very careful balance of being, you know, be, being clear on what you want and where you're mm-hmm. going, but at mm-hmm. the same time, allowing flexibility and how mm-hmm. you're here. So it's being clear on the what, but not getting so attached to the how that, oh, I like that. that, you know, that you start missing opportunities and you start, you know, miss it, missing things. Yeah, that is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People do get really attached to the how, and yeah. I think it can be somewhat paralyzing Yes. If they're saying, okay, I'm, you know, I need to take my business to the next level. I have no idea how to do this. Yeah. And they, they stay stuck. Yeah. I, I know a business owner that has needed to address some things and because there was things going on in her personal life, she wasn't, she was not addressing things the way that she should, but she also wasn't delegating the way that she should. Mm. And it really, it caused her to probably be set back. Like I, I couldn't even put a number on it. I know that the issue was hanging out there in the wind for four years. Yes. And when you think of that, what is, what is the potential loss of capital from not addressing something that's really significant in your business, but is it like monumental? Yes. We need to be mindful of things like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and I we think, need I mean, to just delegate. To add, mm-hmm. oh. Because life happens, yes. right? I mean, we're moms, we're business owners, yeah. things happen. I know I've been sick, my son's been sick, I had to reschedule a lot of interviews, and we need to build into our business for when life throws you a curveball. Yes, definitely. And Absolutely. And the only thing I would add to that as well is that you just have to get used to being uncomfortable and doing mm. things before you're ready. And, and, yes. and a lot of times you will know that you need to do something, but you will find excuses to put it off because we'll think, oh, well, I just need this amount of money to come in, or I just right. need to get this person first before I do that. Or, and we'll, we'll come up with a lot of different excuses for why we shouldn't do something. Mm-hmm. And I think the bottom line, when you look at you know, people who have been successful entrepreneurs, is they've done stuff before they felt ready. And they've just taken yes. the plunge. And they have mm-hmm. gotten used to living a life um, that was uncomfortable. But mm-hmm. what's amazing is when you do things and it works, or you realize, you know, how much value you've gotten out of it. It's so exciting. And you, you really feel like you're, you're alive. Mm-hmm. And I think that is such a better way to live than just being in, in fear or just living in autopilot mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And throwing things against the wall to see mm-hmm. what sticks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let's talk about being really self-reflective. Do you have a process that you take your clients through or that you even implement in your own business for yourself, like at the end of the week, maybe you review what's happened in the week and what worked and what didn't. 
Yes, yes, definitely. So from a um, from a coaching perspective, I after all of my or before and after my coaching sessions, I have forms that people fill out, which builds mm-hmm. that reflection um, mm-hmm. into the process. So mm-hmm. they'll fill out a form before we have a call, letting me know about everything that's happened in the previous week and what they've achieved, what they got done, what they didn't get done, how they felt about the results. And Mm -hmm. then we go in and have our call to kind of address the next week and how we Mm -hmm. need to course correct. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, after the session, after each session as well, they will fill out. um, Yeah. So sorry, after, after we've had the call, they'll fill out a post-session form, Mm -hmm. which then tells me about uh, what they got out of the session, what really, what was really useful, what their mm-hmm. priorities are, how they're going to take responsibility for those, nice. and then what those, what those actions, how those actions will lead to the results that they want. I like so, that. Yeah. So I've I've built that into my process, and then yes, we do talk about a weekly reflection, mm-hmm. um, and I do this myself. So at the end of every week, or maybe on a Sunday, you know, just take some quiet time and just really look back over the week. And what went really well, what didn't, you know, how am I on track with what I want to achieve? Mm-hmm. Um, or even looking at situations that were maybe a bit tense or made me feel a bit, a bit anxious, you know, why, why was I feeling that way? And what mm-hmm. did I learn? And then how can I bring that learning forward um, right. into the future? I like that. I do something similar with my clients and I call it success journaling. Oh, we I love that. Some of those things. But I really like what you're doing because coming back from a training perspective, if people don't have time to reflect and process the information they've just consumed, the learning transfer doesn't take place. So when yes. you hand them this and they have to sit down and think, you know, what was my takeaway? How can I apply that? You're setting them up for so much more success. That's awesome. Uh, yes, absolutely. And it's, and it's so funny because the, cause there is, you know, the, the, the age-old phrase that says knowledge is power. And mm-hmm. my coach actually says, and I love this, but she was like, knowledge, knowledge and action is what mm-hmm. is actually powerful. Mm-hmm. And if you're not implementing, if you're not taking the time to master the knowledge and to put it into action and really implement it appropriately, to be honest, there's no point having the knowledge because it just sits in your brain taking up space. <laughs> so, you know, you perfect. Need be, you need to be implementing what you're learning. That is perfect. Okay. I love this. So I'm going to post all of your contact information below in the show notes. So if somebody wants to hop on a call with you, you do, you do free strategy calls so they can make sure that, you know, they're, they're in the right place to work with you. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I call mm-hmm. them a mo- momentum sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, they run 45 minutes to an hour and we go over how these five challenges relate to your business specifically. Um, mm-hmm. we, I talk, talk, I can give you a bit more information on why I feel like the focus really needs to be on profitability and not mm-hmm. just sales. Mm-hmm. And then we look at those next few steps that are going to be really important for you. Um, and then, you know, we, we talk about my services and what I offer and how it, and if it's a good fit for us to work together. That's awesome. I'm going to link that below as well because that is so much value. You have brought seriously your A game today. Even if somebody does not get on a call with you, what you've given them to reflect on is going to be so eye-opening and transformational. If they can sit down and do the work and prepare themselves, 
They need to get on the call though. <laughs> I would love to have people on a call with me. Yes. Seriously. It <laughs> makes a world of difference yeah. to, to tell a coach like, this is what's going on. Where am I missing it? What, yeah. what am I not seeing? Because we have blind spots, right? Yeah. There's just things that we don't know that we don't know and that we're missing. Absolutely. I and I, that. And I started my business to be of service because I want to see companies that are doing amazing things and people that are so good at what they do and who have taken the risk and who have jumped off the cliff and put so much into it. Mm-hmm. I am doing what I do because I want to see you succeed. Mm-hmm. And I want to see you have a business that is bringing you a really abundant life and that's impacting a lot of people. I love that. I know we had talked about that last week about your passion to help people succeed and that you really felt that was your calling. Yes. How, how did that come about for you? Were you doing something completely different and you had just an awakening or? Um, well, yeah, kind of. I mean, it, it, it started when I was living back in the UK and I was actually pregnant with my second child. And I, I happened to be at church one evening and I just had this vision and it just came to me like like a movie on a movie screen and there was this bright golden light and there was this crowd of people in front of me and you know I just felt spirit say to me if you don't step into your calling these people aren't going to get the help that they need Wow, and that's where it started Um, I mean I always knew I wanted to to own my own business and then I've just been on a journey you know over the last few years to just figure out exactly what that meant and what I was supposed to do. And I don't have it all figured out, but I figure this is, this is a great place to start. So hey, <laughs> we'll doing, see, we'll see what not, happens. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're actually doing what you preach. It's like step into it and don't be worried about the how, because we do yes. learn so much as we go. Definitely. That's part yes. of the process. And I think even on a higher level, it's, it's that process. It's that journey that creates who we are. Yes, which it is, does. Which is truly what the prize is. Absolutely. That. And that, and that's another reason why I'm such a believer in people and people really growing their business is because you will learn so much in the process and you will become a different person in a good way mm-hmm. because it, because of that growth and transformation journey that you go on by learning new things, by stepping out of your comfort zone, by pushing the boundaries, you know, it will, um, you will just go on such an amazing journey. And I bet things will happen that you would never have anticipated. This is awesome. I have two pages of notes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, Jennifer, it is just so wonderful having you on the show. Thank you so much for clearing your schedule to come on and share so much value. Oh, it's my pleasure. I absolutely adore you, Sharon, and I love having these conversations with you. (laughs) Thank you. So everything's going to be linked below, so you'll be able to find the direct link to join the Profit with Purpose Facebook group that Jen is hosting. Also, if you'd want to jump on a call, you want to get that momentum session, that's linked below. But as you're listening, just in case to put it in your mind, it's jenniferbanks.com forward slash schedule momentum session and follow her on Instagram. She's at Jennifer underscore Banks. And of course, there's an open mic here for you anytime. Thank Come you. back <laughs> and with us. Thank you so much. I'm really curious to know which of those five things 
resonated the strongest with you. Shoot me a message. I'd love to hear from you. And if you found value, please comment, share, or consider leaving a review for my podcast. Jump into the show notes. You'll see all the links to connect with Jennifer and to consult with her. Grab that freebie that she's got. It's so valuable. And as always, my friends, until next time, I wish you every good thing.